0: Good afternoon, fans of the Tangent Talk. Oh boy, have we missed you all. We are so excited to kick off season seven today. And while we are so sad that we are not with the entire cast, shout out to T. Off and Dark One who could not join us today. Ildris Helber is in the building, and we also have a special guest, Jerome Braggs. We're so excited to have Jerome in our virtual studio today. And you may say to yourself, "Well, Lunamara, where the heck have you all been?" Well. It was the summer and we decided to travel. We were able to attend P-Dub, former guest of the Tangent Talk. We were able to attend her wedding. Shout out to P-Dub. And so we've been traveling. What else have we been doing, Ildris? What have we been doing in the time that we last been with our, our wonderful fans?
1: Hey, I uh, think everybody's just working on themselves and trying to stay healthy and, and take care of themselves and the people they love in these um, bizarre times and unpredictable times. I don't think there's anything else I can add on to that. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely glad to be back.
0: Indeed, indeed. And we will be introducing Jerome. So before we do so, we want to talk about what season seven represents for us, right? Recreation. Ildra says, taking care of our loved ones, taking care of ourselves. And so let's tell you a little bit about the uh, three episodes that will comprise uh, season seven. So episode one is Let's Rest. And we have guests. Jerome Bragg's here today to do a deep dive on that topic. Our episode two of season seven will be the art of recreating. I know that's one of Dark One's taglines, we create and we recreate. And then episode three is, who says adulting can't be fun? You know, we're all over the age of 21. Who says it can't be fun? So that will be our third episode. We hope that you will join us for season seven. And for those of you who are new to the Tangent Talk, please catch up on our former seasons. You're sure to find an episode that you can relate to and that I'm sure you will enjoy. So, I am going to now turn things over to Mr. Jerome Braggs to introduce himself to the fans of the Tangent Talk. And then we're gonna step through pretty much what we understand are different dimensions of rest. So with no further ado, Jerome, step to the mic, please introduce yourself to the Tangent Talk family.
2: Hello, everyone. Um, I am deeply honored to be here and excited to be here. I am Jerome Braggs. I am an intuitive who teaches impasse, Black folks, and gay men how to heal themselves and finally live lives that feel like heaven on earth through the practice of self-love. So I'm really excited to talk about rest because rest is a practice of self-love. So I'm glad to be here.
0: Thank you, Jerome. And I was snapping my fingers here. Yes, (laughs) we could learn a lot from you. And I know our audience is going to learn a lot from you. And so with no further ado, we'll jump right in. Again, thank you, Jerome. The pleasure is indeed hours having you with us today. So, you know, we were talking uh, prior to going into the recording studio here about what rest means. And specifically, when I typed in just a quick Google search on how much rest (laughs) does an adult need? You know, interestingly, the algorithm on Google translated that to how much sleep does the average person need? And so, you'll be, I'm sure, not surprised to know that the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, headquartered right here in Atlanta, Georgia, where many of the cast members live and work, says for an adult between ages the age of uh, 18 and 60, seven or more hours a night is really required for a healthy lifestyle when it comes to rest. It goes on to say on this website, and we'll of course, As we always do, we'll post our reference links on our website, thetangenttalk.com. It goes on to say that good sleep quality is essential. Signs of poor sleep quality include not feeling rested even after getting enough rest, repeatedly waking up during the night, and experiencing symptoms of sleep disorders such as snoring or gasping for air. So I don't know about the listeners today, but I can tell you, I definitely do not have a healthy sleep quality. I know for sure that I do suffer from a sleep disorder that Definitely makes it a challenge to wake up feeling refreshed every morning. But, you know, beyond just the physical type of rest, there are seven types of rest. Did you all know that? Dr. Angela Smith talks about these seven types of rest that one needs to perform optimally. Those types of rest include physical, which we just described, creative rest, spiritual rest, emotional rest, sensory rest social rest and mental rest i had no idea i thought the only type of rest was the physical so we'll do some exploration of those types of rest as well many of you may or may not be familiar with adam grant adam grant is an organizational psychologist at wharton and he's a best-selling author and the host of his own podcast he posted recently that resting is not a waste of time it's an investment in well being. Relaxing is not a sign of laziness, it's a source of energy. You know, Jerome and Eldris, uh, I, I got to tell you, yesterday I wanted to prepare for today's podcast. And I, there was all this extra research I wanted to do. We've been researching leading up to this day, but there was a little extra research I wanted to do. And I felt so guilty. That I chose to relax on my chaise lounge <laughs> and watch some Netflix. And I had to remind myself that it's not a sign of laziness, Lunama. It's a source of energy. And I honestly feel the reason why I'm so rejuvenated today, especially having been on other webinars. Earlier in the in the morning is because I gave myself the gift of relaxation yesterday. So again, Adam Grant states, resting is not a waste of time; it's an investment in well being. Relaxing is not a sign of laziness; it's a source of energy. Before we go on, let me just have Jerome and or Ildris react to that. What are your thoughts? Resting is not a waste of time; it's an investment in well being. Relaxing is not a sign of laziness; it's a source of energy. What shows up for you all? Well, I can
1: say, especially since COVID, I've definitely become more in agreement with that quote, just because I think myself and a lot of people, it was kind of this running theme of, oh, well, COVID is here and then we're working from home or we're at home and it's time to go hard. It's time to do this, do that, do this, do that. At least that's what's present for me in the very beginning of the pandemic here in the States. But um, since I'm definitely putting more importance on being balanced, especially in that way with that quote, as far as how I live my life.
0: Understood. Thanks for that, Ildris. What about you, Jerome? Anything that stands out with that quote or anything you want to contribute to it?
1: Yeah,
2: I want to first say one, I agree, but I want to say that there is a difference between rest and sleep and sleep is an aspect of rest. But rest has many other aspects to it. And this is one of the things I want to that was very instrumental in my own healing journey and in my own growth journey was understanding that rest means there's no exertion on my energy. Mm, So I am not being asked in while I'm resting to give out, to pour out from myself in any form. This is where I get to put a stop to that and I get to just receive and Hmm. replenish and restore. And there are many ways in which we receive and replenish and restore. Sleep is one aspect of it, but there are other aspects to that. So when we talk about rest and what I love, the example that you brought up is we have been very highly conditioned and socialized in our societies especially in western society to believe that unless we are exerting ourselves we are not worthy of receiving Mm. and rest is a divine practice because it puts you in counter to that because it says i don't have to be in exertion to deserve to receive
0: I hope you guys caught that. That <laughs> that was a powerful soundbite and I mm-hmm. and I appreciate you sharing that Jerome. You know, I remember I of course I I follow you on social media and in one of your posts is in it's in line and in keeping with what you just discussed. Here's the quote. Two energies that keep you from receiving what you truly want in abundance and in miraculous ways. Those two energies, exhaustion and lying. Why do you say that exhaustion is an energy that keeps us from receiving what we truly want in abundance and in miraculous ways?
2: So the first thing to understand is we are energy systems, each one of us. This is what we are as as soul beings having human experience. We are actually made of energy. And when we are in exhaustion, what exhaustion is literally a sign of is that the energy of who we are is being depleted and we are disconnected from that energy and we're not receiving the energy of who we are. And so understand that one, exhaustion is an indicator of depletion, of depletion of energy, of depletion of the energy of the self. So why I say that the energy of exhaustion keeps you from receiving what you want is because the universe only and always ever sends your good to your home address. It only sends it to your home address, but you have to be home to receive it. You have to be there to open the door. Part of your home energy is being at ease.
1: Mm.
2: That is part of your soul. Mm -hmm. Your soul is the energy of ease. That's a facet of it. And so when we are in stress, when we are in overwhelm and we we are in exhaustion, we are not home and you cannot receive when you are not home. So this is why I say that, and this is why we have been taught again in a lot of our cultural institutions and messages and narratives that in order to receive, you have to burn out. You have to work really hard. You have to grind. You have to hustle. But if you really take a step far back and you look and you look at the people who are really doing well like they are receiving their dreams consistently they are very happy they have really fulfilling relationships their life tastes delicious to them they're not exhausted they are not overwhelmed they are not burned out they have a very very strong relationship with rest and relaxation and so it is time for us to put these messages down of You have to burn out your nervous system in order to get there because what ends up happening is you can get the money or you can get the whatever it is that's on your vision board. You can just burn yourself out on the way there. But when you get it, you don't enjoy it. It doesn't last long. And it still leaves you feeling like life is not worth it. And the only way to receive is to rest your way there.
0: I love that Jerome. I, you know, I'm taking notes. <laughs> I know. Lunar mm-hmm. Luna speaking, Ildris, you said same here. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. It's like mm-hmm. I, I've already told Ildris as my fellow uh, cast member, keep me grounded, Ildris, because I may forget that I'm facilitating today's yeah. episode with Jerome Braggs because I'm I'm also a fan, right? And so I just think it's brilliant, Jerome. You shared that the energy of who we are is being depleted when we're exhausted. And I I love that. I I share that many of the cast members, we are of Jamaican heritage. And what's the one joke you hear about Jamaicans besides the other one that's uh, dealing with a uh, C word, cannabis? (laughs) You hear that, you know, we have three jobs. We're always working. And quite frankly, we take, many of us take pride in that. Like, yeah, I can take on three jobs. I am a Jamaican, right? But I love that you, you really put it in perspective that The energy of who we are (laughs) is being depleted when we're exhausted, when we're taking on those three jobs, and that you cannot receive when you're not home. I mean, these are just, I hope you all are catching these nuggets. So let me challenge you a bit, Jerome, and ask you this. Many of us are in awe of superstar Beyonce Knowles-Carter. And you mentioned earlier that if we were to take a look at some of the successful people among us that they have, to some extent, mastered being at home, mastered not allowing their energy to be depleted. I bring up Beyonce for a reason. We are in awe of her great talent. And at the same time, she appears to be one of those entertainers that will push herself to the brink of exhaustion. What would you say about Beyonce? And before the beehive tries to come for the tangent talk, (laughs) know that we're having a responsible conversation. But Jerome, how would you respond to that? Is Beyonce in your mind um, or in your observation someone who has been able to balance uh, working diligently and resting?
2: So there's a few things that I would say here. One, let me preface and say I am a big Beyonce fan. Let me say this as a few things. One thing I know about, because I have a lot of clients who are celebrities and A-list people, and this is one thing I know that the average person doesn't often get to see, is how supported they are. Mm. How much support they have. You mm. think is out there doing everything by herself. And that is not the case. Beyonce has a team of people. Somebody that washes her children when she's working. Somebody that cleans her house. Somebody that cooks for her. She has her parents that help. She has a support system. So Beyonce doesn't have 10,000 balls in the air and she's juggling all of them. If she has 10,000 balls, she may juggle three. And so this is something that we really Mm -hmm. need to understand, number one, about that. And then the other aspect I would say of this is, please do not think that celebrities don't also suffer from exhaustion and burnout and the same things we're talking about. Because Beyonce has actually been very vocal about how tired she's been. And you can also see it. See, the one thing you can't do, you can lie with your words and you can try to put on a facade about something. But here's something that I have learned with working with people all over the world. And also because I've been intuitive, I see energy, I read it. It's very clear to me. I hear it clearer than I hear the words you're talking to me. Your energy speaks. And one thing that I know for a fact is there are two things in this world that you cannot hide. You cannot hide when you're really happy and you cannot hide when you're really not. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times what will happen is you will say, people will say things out of their mouth. Their energy is screaming and their behavior and their body language is screaming a totally different thing. And I have watched Beyonce for a while because I very, I, I love her heart. I love what she stands for. I love a lot of things about her, but I could tell when Beyonce is exhausted I can tell when, no matter what she's saying and no matter what the smile on her face is, I can tell when she's exhausted. I can tell when there's too much. And I remember there was even a interview she had one time when she was talking about, I forgot what place this was. It was someplace and an interview was asking her, didn't you enjoy how beautiful this place was, someplace in the world, how beautiful it was, or whatever. And she was saying, to be honest, I've never seen it. I'm always like, my foot is on the floor and then I have to work and I've never seen it. And I regret that. And this is something that, again, there's a, I'm not saying that Beyonce is unhappy and all of that, but I want us to really be careful because what I also know in our culture is that we glorify exhaustion. So we aren't allowing ourselves to actually see all of the ramifications of it because we glorify hustle culture.
1: We glorify Mm -hmm.
2: grinding. We believe that, again, there's a belief that disconnects you from the self again, but there is a belief very heavy in a culture that says, unless you're burnt out, you don't deserve. You have to work really hard. You have to leave everything on the playing field. You have to give and give and give until there's nothing left for yourself and you're limping back to the barn. And that's when you deserve good things. Mm. And that is the counter to everything your soul knows to be the truth about you, because you are unconditionally loved, whether you leave everything out on that field or not, whether you're burnt out and you've given every aspect of yourself or not. Life loves you and it sees you as wholly worthy of receiving at every point of your being. The only person who doesn't see that is you. And that's why you don't receive it.
0: Wow. You know, Jerome. I, again, pull me back, Ildris, when I when I forget that I'm I'm hosting today. But I I'm I'm so deep into the gems that Jerome is sharing with us today. You talk about how culturally, and and, and Ildris, you've probably seen this within your own circle. You talked, Jerome, about how we celebrate the hustle and the grind, but we also vilify those who we don't think are hustling and are grinding. Ildris, talk to us about within your own network, how do you and your friends deal with people who aren't as ambitious as you are and some of your professional and personal contacts are? What does that look like? Because what I'm trying to get at is, Not to be ages, but of course, Ildris is the youngest member of our esteemed cast, and I'm just curious, is that something that you see within your contemporaries, the conversations you've had, or is it something that's kind of dying out with this new crop of millennials? What say you, Ildris?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think I can apply it to my peers and myself as well. I think I would say it's interesting. The first thing that's present is that, of course, me being a man, uh, most of my peers are also men. And it's almost like we don't even have conversations like these enough. Mm. But um, I will say that for me, if I'm talking to a friend or just a peer and what they're saying they want isn't aligned with what they're doing, then I would feel it to be my place as their friend to point that out. Give us an example. Okay. So for an example, if I have a friend, this is more so back in high school and college, but if what he wants to do is play football and make a career out of playing football, but, you know, he isn't practicing, he isn't um, working out, he isn't creating film content to send to people that can help him pursue that career, then I would point that out because then I would find that peer or friend to not be holding themselves accountable for creating the life for themselves that they want to live because that's what they're saying they want.
0: So let me ask Jerome this. This Mm -hmm. is good. This is good, Ildris. So Jerome, do you find then, based on the example Ildris just shared, do you find that when we hold ourselves or our network accountable for the desires and dreams that they aspire for, is that a form of oppression is that a form of promoting this exhaustion culture or is that a form of love do we hold ourselves and others accountable without promoting as you mentioned earlier what we tend to celebrate this hustle and grind culture
2: so there's a few things i want to say to this so i will respond to this part first the only thing i am accountable to with you with anyone is making sure you are moving into the direction of the expansion of your joy.
0: My joy, not my fulfillment?
2: Not my obligations or my responsibilities, Mm. which is what we mostly do in culture. We hold you to your obligations and responsibilities, not actually getting to what your actual joy is. So let me actually say this again. So going a little bit further, when I work with clients, a lot of times people will come to me, especially men, and they will say, and I understand this very well because I'm a man and I'm going to, the next thing I'll talk about is the difference that happens when you're a man, especially a black man. Right. But they'll come to me and they'll say, I want these things. This is what I really want. And as we begin to really dive deep into the energy behind what you really want, what we find out is that's not actually what you really want. That's what you've been cultured made to believe you should want. Mm. And there's a difference. And when we get to what you actually want, the thing that you're actually yearning for, the thing that won't let you rest, even when you've done everything else, is still tagging you when you're in the bed, the thing that you're craving. I want more peace. I want more freedom. I wanna be happier. I wanna feel more connected, right? It's things like that. And then when I ask, okay, when we get to these core things about what you really want, is what you're doing actually in service to that? Is what you're doing actually helping you expand your feeling of that, your sense of feeling these things? A lot of times it's not. So I will have people who will say, I need to, I just need to grind more on this, on my business, or I need to work more. And I say, okay, so what do you want? I want to make, I want to hit these goals and I want to get all of that. Okay, so is that what you really want? Yeah, that's what I want. And then we we dive deep and it's not what you want, it's what you believe you should have so that you can finally be important. Mm. You can finally be approved of or that you'll finally belong. What you really wanted was to be happy. And then we say, okay, so we we dive into what what actually makes you happy. And it wasn't that it was something else entirely. And what you've been grinding and hustling and burning out trying to do has been taking you so far away from what actually made you happy. Now, I'm not saying that money is not something that is important and that it's not something that you should do. I'm not saying that at all by any means. But what I am saying is that we have a pandemic of focusing on junk values and wondering why we're so sick and unhappy. Just like if you ate a steady diet of junk food, your body wouldn't be healthy. We are eating junk values and telling ourselves this is actually what we want and not actually realizing what your soul is actually craving for and living lifestyles that allow you to receive more of that. So that's one thing. So that's two. Last thing. I would say for men, men are heavily, heavily socialized to believe that unless you are heavily exerting yourself and doing, 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 you are not worthy and you are not lovable. And when you talk about being in circles of men, imagine, and I'll specifically speak to Ildris here, imagine if you're in your circle of friends and you told your friend, they ask you, what did you do this week? And you told your circle of friends, you know, I rested and I just daydreamed and I just kind of had, had to, did whatever felt like fun to me. Do you think your friends would be very accepting of that message, or would they tell you you wasted your time and you should be doing X, Y, and Z to get this money? Yeah, definitely, definitely the latter. <laughs> so definitely the latter. Mm. These are how the messages come up in which we begin to glorify the processes that disconnect us from ourselves instead of the processes that connect us to ourselves. And this is how grind culture and hustle culture has become a new God and why so many people are becoming sick and burnt out and drastically unhappy in this rat race of it, although they've gotten the accolades, they get the money, they get the awards, they get all these things. And yet there's no joy in their face. There's no happiness. And they would trade it all to actually do what they really wanted to do.
0: Brilliant, Jerome. You talk about junk values. And as someone who has made a change as of late, having gained the 19 from (laughs) COVID-19, the 19 pounds during this pandemic, you know, I was very comfortable eating junk food because it was comfort. I was like, hey, it's a pandemic. I'm wearing sweats. Who cares? But what is so powerful in what you just shared about these junk values, I want to definitely dive a little deeper But just to quote what you shared for those who may not have been typing as fiercely as I was and taking these notes, you know, you shared that is what we're doing actually in service of enhancing our sense of feeling those healthy cravings, not the cravings for potato chips like I was craving or not the craving, the junk values of, of, oh, I need to be recognized by my peers as having made it but craving those really healthy decisions or or healthy states of being, peace, freedom, being more connected, happier. Let me ask you, Ildris, what does junk value mean to you and what are you craving? Because I want to circle back to that and have Jerome really net it out for us as far as what are some junk values that may even be inconspicuous that we find ourselves craving. So so again, Eldris, what do you crave most? And what do you think has been a junk value that either you or your pair of friends may nah. be craving?
1: Well, first, just to continue touching on you guys' points, I will say that I do believe that And um, Jerome, you can add in. I've been learning a lot already. But um, I have always had the belief, or not always, but recently had the belief that masculinity, to some degree, is composed of the desire to do, right? The desire to build, the desire to achieve, the desire to go into the world and do something of significance. Produce. Produce, correct. And thanks for chiming in, Luna, because I was going to say you identify as a heterosexual woman. So part of you as heterosexual women, the attraction to men is a man that does produce, correct?
0: To some extent, so, Jerome should so, know that you all tried to beat me down for my last <laughs> relationship. <laughs> he wasn't so, a producer, but he was a lover, Jerome. But go ahead, Ildris. Okay, let's see where okay, you're going yeah, with this. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And that's, of course, the specifics of your last relationship. But I'm just saying, in a whole, that dynamic between masculinity and femininity, especially when we're talking about dating and relationships, most men want to have that feeling of being a producer, and most women want to at least feel that the man they're with is a producer. And that plays into the junk values and um, how difficult it is, as Jerome and I were just stating, for especially men to really get to that point where we're living a life of what actually brings us joy. But I will say for me, going back to your question, Luna, it's it's still a uh, struggle every day. (laughs) It's still a struggle every day to get these things that we're identifying as junk values versus what brings joy and not a struggle every day but i'll say it's a journey that i'm still very much
0: on and i'm I'm glad we're having this conversation because i'm learning about it i am too albera so jerome tell us what how do you define junk values i mean i think you intimated what those may be but what are some junk values or how do you define junk values and in working with your clients how do you identify them as far as what they are craving
2: yeah, before I speak to that, I want to speak to something Il just brought up, which is very because sure. this, this will tie in to some of what I'm about to say in response to your question. One thing we have been very disconnected from in this whole conversation of masculine and feminine energy is understanding right. that as a soul, you are both. You are both. I can dig it. Yeah. yeah. No matter what your no matter what your gender expression is, you are both. And men have been so hyper socialized to exist only out of the one. And that is why men are having an epidemic of being unhappy because wholeness is the only place that leads to health and happiness. You gotta have wholeness. Now wholeness doesn't necessarily mean both exist in in, at the same space, but that there's a balance between the two. So that you know how to do, but you also know how to be. And men have been disconnected highly, not just men, many people in the West, especially, but especially Black folks. But you have been really disconnected from learning how to be. And being actually is the key to receiving. What you're being taught is you're doing is how you receive. And that's why you're running in circles and not getting to where you want to get to. You've got to know. So, no, you're not going to because you are a man. And so you do your balance is going to be more towards the masculine energy. You're never just going to not want to do anything. Like, I think that's one of the things that gets really lost when we hear these conversations. You think, oh, that just means he's just saying I'm never going to do anything and that's just wrong. That's not the case. You're going to want, you're innately going to be attracted to wanting to do something, to, to be creative, to create things into the world. But when you solely get into doing, you attach your worthiness to it. And then that's when you're going to be exhausted and overwhelmed. And what you actually end up doing in the world is, I'm going to say, really, truthfully, nothing. Mm. You actually don't really do anything. You actually, what you actually do takes away from the joy of the universe instead of adding to it. Wow. So this is that. I want to just preface that. And then to answer your question around what are some of the junk values? Some of the junk values are money. Some of the junk values are, I don't want to say a prestige, but this thing that we have now, especially we have now, like where celebrity is everything, like to be famous and to be the one and all of that. So this is one of the reasons why we work and work and work and work and work and not understanding that, the real purpose of money, was to serve your joy, not just to get it. Money's to be in service to you, you're not to be in service to money. Again, so some of the junk values are prestige and fame and glory and money, right? And the soul values, the things that feed the soul. So let me say this is really just, we'll just say soul foods. The things that actually feed the energy of your soul, that help you embody and be connected to the energy of your soul and help that energy grow in the world, is things like joy, meaning what fulfills you, what makes you have a sense of fun, what makes you feel like you have meaning and satisfaction in your life, like your passions and things. Connection, like deep, true connection. Appreciation, like appreciating the self, being appreciated for the self and appreciating others for who they are. And peace and freedom. Like these are actually things that feed the soul. And when we have junk values, we usually disconnect from these things. We deprive ourselves of these things. We neglect ourselves of these things, but we'll get the money. We'll we'll work really hard. We'll get the money. We'll work really hard, but our families are in turmoil. We'll work really hard, but we have no sense of happiness. And we've got the money, we got the accolade, everybody knows who we are, we're famous, we're on the cover of this magazine, but yet this is what we hear time and time again. You've got the, you're on the magazine, you're the number one, whatever, you've got all this money and yet you commit suicide or yet you're drug overdosing. Mm. And these are signals that not there's something wrong with you, but that there's something missing from you. And what's missing is, you've been feeding these junk values and not feeding your soul.
0: <sighs> you still there, Ildris? <laughs>
1: Man, I'm, I'm open it all in.
0: I mean, I, I'm like, I, I need to make sure you're still there, brother, to keep oh, yeah. me anchored. That was yeah. brilliant, Jerome. Yeah. I loved, and I want to hear from Ildris, what his takeaways were. But I love how you were eloquently able to share with us the junk values, the celebrity, the craving for celebrity, fame, money, prestige, fame, glory, and what you call soul food. We know how the physical soul food makes us feel good and warm and cozy. So does joy, fulfillment, satisfaction. You talked about appreciation, not only for self, others, peace and freedom. So now that we have that definition, Ildris, talk to us. What did you take away from that? The junk values versus soul foods?
1: I think my soul food is just my purpose and my purpose as far as it still kind of to some degree goes back to doing as opposed to being. But as far as my purpose, I just, you know, I want to be able, like I said, before we started recording, I attended a funeral And I just want people to be able to speak on me and say that I had a a positive impact in their life. As far as the junk, I definitely agree, you know, uh, money, definitely in this generation, you know, the desire for fame, the desire for validation. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes with what's going on in in the world, especially in, in the U.S. today, it's like we'll have these significant things happen. George Floyd, for example, George Floyd's murder. And uh, I think as a community, we'll come together and that'll be kind of a collective bigger purpose. And then, you know, when that situation concludes, we kind of just go back to the junk values, including COVID itself. So yeah, I definitely agree with what you said on that, Jerome. But as far as my personal soul food, like I said, I'm still I think i'm still on the journey to figuring out what that plate consists of
0: mm, i can dig yeah. it yeah. well you know what you shared about purpose ildris is a great segue into one of the reasons why we had to have jerome on uh, this episode today you know as far as rest and really kicking off season seven about recreation we saw a beautiful, I'm gonna call it a poem, Jerome. I know when you wrote it, you probably weren't thinking it would be received that way, but I'm gonna call it a poem. It was a poem that Jerome authored on January 18th of this year, right? Going into almost year one of the pandemic, and it was really brilliant. So Ildris, will you help me? I'll read the first half of this poem and then I'll kick it to you to read the second half. Can we do sure. a, a dual recital here? Sure, sure, <laughs> so we're sure. gonna we're gonna sure. read this together and I'll start off, and then I'll tell you when to pick up Ildris. But this is really so that we can dissect this beautiful writing from our very own Jerome Bragg. So, January 18th, here we go. The teachings of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. have been a guiding light in my life since I was in elementary school when I received a mystical download one night while lying in bed that showed me that my life would resemble his in ways that it was part of my purpose for being here. His soul became part of my spirit guide team that night and I've studied him deeply ever since. Even tried to directly follow in his footsteps in some ways like my decision to go to Morehouse College because that's where he went to college And that's what had a huge influence in his mindset and message. As the country honors his legacy and celebrates his birthday this weekend, one thing I've been in deep meditation and contemplation over is what well-being actually involves for Black people. Liberation is definitely a part of that. But I think a huge piece that has been missing from our conversations, approaches, is rest leisure and the end of exhaustion. Black people are the most exhausted people I know, for many reasons, one of which is because we exist in systems that are not designed to nourish our natural wellness, to support the levels of rest and relaxation we divinely need, nor that affirm the narrative that life loves us so we don't need to burn out our nervous systems in any way trying to make it.
1: I know that a huge part of my work here on the planet is to help recenter Black lives into leisure, into the understanding that leisure is both our divine right and our cosmic portal into well being beyond any measure we've historically seen in this country. It is time for us to release the narratives, beliefs, and systems of living that exhaust us and keep us from the joy and worthiness of simply being and living lives that truly feel good to us, to our nervous systems, to our energy fields, and to our soul. And I know it starts with me taking a deeper dive into this way of living myself, which I'm in current action of doing. I'd never seen these photos of Martin Luther King on vacation in Jamaica in 1965 before the NAP ministry posted them yesterday but they are medicine, a radical counter resistance to what we've always seen of him, always at work, hustling, grinding, working, and being of service to others without ever really being of service to himself. Black liberation looks like leisure to me and everything in my energy field says leisure was a part of the promised land he wanted us to enter. He just didn't get the time to actually
0: say it. Go ahead and snap your fingers. Ildris. <laughs> That's why we call it a poem. That was beautifully written, Jerome. We hope we did it justice in our recital. Thanks, Ildris. <laughs> Talk to us about that. What was on your? I mean, we got a glimpse of what was on your heart as we celebrated MLK's birthday and legacy earlier this year. You know, as we talked about post-recording, there were just some really brilliant nuggets that uh in our recital, Ildris <laughs> and I touched on. A couple being rest in leisure, you know, the end of exhaustion, uh, re-centering Black lives into leisure, the understanding that leisure is both our divine right. It's time for us to release the narratives, beliefs, and systems of living that exhaust us. Just the medicinal properties that you mentioned seeing MLK on vacation did for you. And this is the one that I definitely need to have on a t-shirt, Jerome. <laughs> Black liberation looks like leisure to me. Leisure was a part of the promised land. He, MLK, wanted us to enter. He just didn't get the time to actually say it. Talk to us, Jerome. I mean, I'm curious about how that post came to be, if it was something that was in your spirit and then you just took to pen and paper or computer and, and keyboard. Talk to us about that brilliant post. It has really impacted us here at the Tangent Talk. Jerome?
2: First, let me say thank you for reading that. I am always, no matter what, no matter how long ago it's been, no matter how recent it's been, whenever somebody reads something of mine, I am always like, I wrote that. So I'm sitting here in awe with you all as you are reading that. There is a few things for me with this post as i said in that post uh one of the most guiding lights and inspirations for who i am and and what i'm about and where i've been how who i am today is has been dr martin luther king jr i was fascinated with him um, when i was young and again i did have a mystical experience one night where i was shown that my life would be something like his it would have some type of wouldn't necessarily look like it but the effect that he had, my I was here to have that type, same type of effect in some way. And so every MLK day, I always think about him and I always think about what he's meant to me. And one of the things that why this, where this post came from is one of the biggest things that has been the centering focus of my healing journey after I had my new death experience in 2005 and I began a healing journey from terminal disease was I was being asked to center my life in rest and leisure after I had lived a legacy of centering it in exhaustion. Mm. And I had to look at why. So when you're doing it, when you're healing yourself, one of the really big keys to healing is to understand why you have the patterns that you have that are making you sick. Sick in any way, whether you're sick in your body or sick in your heart or your mind, you have to look at what are the patterns? Where did these patterns come from? What are they that make you sick and where did they come from? And I had really been looking at the pattern of exhaustion and how one of the places I got that pattern was I got it, one from my family, but also from my culture. I came from parents who were overgivers and overworkers they were people who were and, and were products of their generation were black and taught that you had to work seven times as hard to get half as much but that message makes you exhaust yourself and i came from from parents who literally were worked i cannot remember times when they weren't working even if we went on vacation they worked on the vacation
0: wow. and
2: it was, for one, that was what was modeled to me, that being a good human being was somebody who constantly worked. And I, of course, what happens is you you become what was modeled for you growing up as a child, not just what was told to you, but what you see modeled. And so that was something, even though I knew I never wanted to be that, I became that. I became a person that was taking on too much, that was constantly working, that was always working. And then the other part of that was I saw how prevalent this message is in Black culture, how mu- how exhausted we are as a people, and how much we put work and champion work, 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 and always being in service to work and being in service to others to where you have nothing left for yourself. And when I was thinking about liberation and what liberation actually means, so this is what you know, again. MLK Day always makes me think about liberation. When I think about liberation, and I was thinking about this process of my own healing journey and and becoming aware that I had lived a legacy of exhaustion and that I didn't want that. And exhaustion wasn't wellness, and it wasn't well-being, and exhaustion wasn't freedom. And I started to think about that, and I started to think about MLK And I just and then these pictures came up of him um, relaxing with his wife and his family by the pool, being in the beach, laughing. And I realized how I had never seen any photos of him not being of service to others. I had always seen him giving of himself and never giving to himself. And what that means, like I have degrees in psychology, so I know that the imagery that you're continually fed shapes your belief system and it shapes how you show up in the world. And so I thought about this about all black leaders that I know about how we never, we always see them exerting themselves and we never see them resting. We're never shown them resting. We're never shown them receiving pleasure and joy from their lives. We're always seeing them in the grind and in the hustle. And that imagery begins to play this very strong song in your consciousness that Blackness and being of service in Blackness means constantly being in the energy of doing, and it leads to exhaustion. And these pictures were medicine to me because, and it almost brings tears to my eyes as I'm thinking about this, because I realized subconsciously the message that we're all receiving that I had really gotten for myself was Blackness was tiring. Blackness is yeah. exhausting.
0: Yeah.
2: But here were these pictures that said Blackness can also be leisure and it could be rest. And it was a permission slip for me in a way that I never knew that I needed it, that I want a life of leisure. I want to enjoy my life. See, there's another thing that's happened for me that I want to share here. You know, I died literally, like medically, and I had a near-death experience in 2004. I've had two. This The first one was in 2004. And when the doctors diagnosed me with several life-threatening illnesses, but two terminal diseases, and they gave me seven days to live. And on my deathbed, I had what's called a life review, where your entire life flashes before you, and you look at how you lived your life. And this is what usually happens when people are getting ready to die. And you look at how you lived your life, and you face the whatever regrets you have, and I had some regrets. I regretted not telling the people that I was close to, that I loved how I really felt about them. I regretted not living my life how I really wanted to live it, but I was always living it based upon what other people thought I should be doing. I regretted not really just having more fun and being happy. I regretted not ever truly being myself, suppressing parts of myself because I didn't think people would accept them or or that they would belong. And so there were some regrets that I had around that. But what uh, other aha that I had was what I didn't regret, what didn't come up in my head one bit. You know, I thought I should, I should have spent more time with my friends. I should have really allowed myself to go after that dream no matter what. I thought things like that. Things I didn't think were, I really should have worked more. I really should have clocked in some more hours. I should have made some more money. I should have tried harder to gain more fame or success. I didn't think about those things. Those things didn't come up at all. They were not regrets for me at all. What was regrets was that I really wasn't happy and that I really wasn't myself and I really wasn't expressing my heart. And that was a big aha for me around what was actually important in life and what we were here to do. And so having that and then having this thing around MLK, I understand now how disconnected Black folks have been from what life really is about and how exhausted and unhappy and unhealthy we are because we've been disconnected from these things. And I know we have these conversations about black liberation, but even in these conversations I know they're coming from a good place. You're in, we're, we're intending for black people to get out of suffering. But I think we're so focused on suffering that we don't actually know what well-being looks like. And well-being wow. looks like leisure and rest and prioritizing joy and expressing the truth of your authentic self. And it doesn't look like working some more hours, and it doesn't look like chasing money. It looks like feeling more alive. It looks like enjoying the taste of life and life being delicious. And I understand more and more now that we really don't know what that is. And we have been heavily inundated with images and messages about life, about what it means to be Black, about what it means to be successful and what it means to be a good person that have taken us so far away from home that we don't even know what home is anymore. And it's time for us to come back home. And leisure is one of the paths back. It is one of the paths back. If you look at even just look at our indigenous cultures, they're not exhausted. (laughs) They're not- That
0: is true. (laughs) They're not exhausted
2: cultures. They're very well rested. Mm -hmm. They're very well connected. They're very happy. Even if they don't have much, they're healthy, they're happy, they're rested, they're connected. I think a lot of the things like isolation, which is another junk value we have, hyper-independence, is another thing that has been very socialized heavily into us that is making us sick and unhappy. We're trying to do everything on our own and not understanding that you may be able to do it, but should you do it? And those are two different things. And often the time, the answer is no. It's another reason why, again, look at our ancestors. There's a reason why they existed in tribes. You didn't do everything by yourself. You had support. You didn't even raise children by yourself. You had support. You didn't hunt by yourself. You had support. You didn't do anything basically alone out here in the world. And we wonder why we feel so stressed and why we're so exhausted We're just going about life how we weren't intended to go about it. Mm. I am.
0: <laughs> I know Learns I space. am uh, i'm I'm just so full of the soul food that you were dishing, Jerome Braggs. Let me tell you. And so, as we look to wrap, thank you so much for sharing the um, inspiration behind that what I'm gonna call forevermore that poem that you blessed social media with on January the 18th. So as we look to wrap up, Jerome, typically we'd wrap up with our synopsis of our speaking points, but today we're gonna do something different. We're gonna wrap up with some of the I would say the three top gems that we've taken away from this conversation. So I don't know if I'm putting you on the spot, Eldris, because that means you'll have to comb through all the notes you've taken. But what are three things that you can share with our listeners that you've taken away from the conversation today with our wonderful guest, Jerome? I'll share. And then of course, we absolutely have to make sure that our listeners know how to contact Jerome, because I'm sure they're going to want to get some more of this soul food. So
1: Yeah, so mine are definitely life is about being rather than doing another is trying to be a balanced person as opposed to feeling because I'm a man, I'm supposed to be this way or if women feel like because they're women, they're supposed to be this way, just about being balanced on both masculinity and femininity. And the last is really trying to figure out our pinpoint, you know, what my plate of soul food consists of and definitely continue to avoid the junk food.
0: Absolutely. That's that's a great wrap up, Eldris. And mine are I mean, there's so many, but since we've limited to three, something that Jerome touched on earlier and I, it was very subtle when he mentioned it, but I caught it. I'm picking up what you're putting down, Jerome. You talked about there's nothing wrong. There's just something missing. And I think as we look into the exploration of how we can get closer to those soul food elements that we really need to keep that in mind because often when we're looking to make a change or transform, and I'm speaking for myself, we start from the place of, well, something is wrong, so I got to fix it. But what you talked about, Jerome, is nothing is wrong. There's just something missing. And what I know is missing, definitely going back to your, your reference, Ildris, about that soul food plate. I know there's a lot missing from my plate as far as soul food, but I definitely want to put on that plate. So that's prong one. Prong two would be what you shared most recently, Jerome, as far as what, what is the expression of well-being. You talked about it being being able to express the truth of your authentic self, as well as leisure and rest. And then the third prong is something you said much earlier at the onset of this wonderful, wonderful session today. You cannot receive when you're not home. And you've taught us and you've shared with us authentically about how we can come back home. You all, I know you enjoyed today's session. I this has been, and I'm not just saying this because Jerome is with us today, my favorite episode. You know, if you go to our website, thetangenttalk.com, and you go to the um, about us section, the cast, Ildris, T off. Dark One, myself, Lunuma, we all sound off about our favorite episode. Well, I have got to go back and update it because today was my favorite episode. And speaking of websites, you all, we hope that you will visit Jerome Braggs at jeromebraggs.com. That's J E R O M E Braggs, B R A G G S com. There you can uh, look at ways in which you can work with Jerome. You learn a little bit more about Jerome. One of my favorite sections has been the merchandise. I love, love, love the merchandise that you have on your site, Jerome. One that I was in particularly interested in is already sold out. So move quickly if you're heading over to the merchandising section. But again, that's JeromeBrags.com. And finally, we wanna give you the final word, Jerome. What would you like to share with our listeners? It's been an honor. We have been educated, we have been rejuvenated, and certainly we will take this session with us into many aspects of our life. It has indeed been our great fortune to be with you today, Jerome. So as we look to close, Jerome, we turn the mic to you.
2: Thank you. (laughs) I'm deeply honored to have been here and to share this space with you too this has been a joy for me. I just want to, I'll, I'll leave with three things um, just to cap what we've talked about. Cause I know I talked a lot about rest and all of that. And, and we talked a lot about money and you may leave with the idea of how am I going to get money? We need money to survive. Absolutely. We live in a dimension where money is needed to support your life. So I want to say, I want to leave you with three things. One is The first is you need rest in order to become aware of what actually your soul food is. When you're in exhaustion and overwhelming stress, you don't have the brain bandwidth. Your brain is very focused on those things. And it needs space to be able to let those things drop into your consciousness about what actually feeds you. So this is another thing why rest is so important because rest will give you information And if you're not resting, you do not have access and you will not have access to that information no matter what you do. So rest is going to give you awareness to what your soul food actually is. This is why it's so important, by the way. The other thing is when you feed your soul, when you prioritize living a lifestyle that feeds your soul instead of depletes it or nourishes you instead of malnourishes you, The universe will give you everything you need to stay well-fed. So we talked about money. Money comes in abundance when you become a well-fed person. We think you need to get the money first and then you'll become well-fed, but that's not actually how this universe works. You focus first on becoming a well-fed soul, and then the universe says, ah, This is really important to them. They finally got it being who they are and feeding who they really are and what brings them joy is important. I'm going to give them everything they need so that they can continue that journey. So whatever money you need, whatever, you know, there are things that actually feed me. I love to travel. I love nice things. (laughs) I love to, most of my friends don't live where I live. So I have to travel to see them. So that's part of, you know, I need to travel to see my friends. When I prioritize that and I made sure that I did that no matter what, all of a sudden the universe brought me hordes of money in order to be able to do all of that in abundance. So this is not something that I'm just spouting out. This is factual. When you make feeding your soul priority, the universe will show up for you and give you everything you need to remain well-fed. The last thing I want to leave you with is if you've been moved at all by anything I've been saying today and you wanted to learn more about how to live this type of life, how to live a soul-fed life, I highly recommend my course, my online course called Self-Love Academy. It is beyond medicine. Every person I know that have ever taken it has said it has deeply transformed their life. It has helped them heal and has recentered them into what's actually important for them and helped them begin to live a life that feels like heaven on earth for them. And I'm not just kind of, this is coming from them. This is not me just blowing smoke up into my program, but it's, it's a program where I shared everything I learned about how to truly love the self and how to feed the self uh, in my journey. And it really should be almost $10,000 because there's so much in that program and it's chock full of so much. Actually, you've got exercises, classes, energy healing, things to do, meditations, breath work, You've got guest teachers that are best-selling authors, well-known spiritual teachers that come in and do classes. It's a very powerful program that you can do on your own time that's very easy and very easy for you to do and that I can guarantee will transform your life in some way for the better. So I highly recommend if you've liked anything I've said today, please check out that program. It's not $10,000. It's not even a tenth of that. <laughs> I made it very affordable because I wanted people to really be, to really have this as a resource to help you come back home to yourself and live the type of delicious life that you deserve and that you're here to live. It's called Self Love Academy. You can check it out on my website. If you've liked anything I've said today, We go way deeper in that course and you actually get tools and exercises and practical things to actually implement that into your life.
0: Thank you, Jerome. If, if you are complete with your share, I know that I, like I said, I'm fed. <laughs> I'm fed and I'm gonna be looking up that course, the Self Love Academy. I, I for sure need to be a participant. So on behalf of the Tangent Talk, we know we only have half of the crew today, Ildris Helper and Lunuma. we thank you so much for joining us. We thank you so much for just being such a warmth You know, like just, I don't know about you, Ildris, but didn't you just feel warm (laughs) as Jerome was speaking? I was like, wait a minute. I don't need my sweatshirt that I was donning. I I feel warm and I I feel encouraged. So, with that, we say to you, dear listeners of the Tangent Talk, thanks for tuning in today. Share this episode. Y'all know we are on several platforms, we have international listeners, we have listeners right here in the dirty South. And uh, we thank you so much, Jerome, once more for being such a wonderful guest. That will wrap today's session. Check us out at thetangenttalk.com. We love our listeners and we thank you for being with us today. Have a great, great day, wherever you are.